You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast, the podcast that makes you go blind with ecstasy as we analyze the Savage Steve Holland classic, Better Off Dead, one minute at a time. I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. And I'm Curtis Blaze from SACnews.com. Today we are sifting through, no I'm kidding, today <laughs> we are preparing to dance through Minute 43, which starts with Lane agreeing to take Joanne Greenwald to the New Year's Eve dance and ends with Lane starting his date with Joanne Greenwald herself. What's up with this minute, Jason? I tells ya. In the last minute, Dad talked Lane into taking Joanne Greenwald out to the New Year's Eve dance at the school. As minute 43 begins, Lane seals the deal with Dad with a high five. Right off. (laughs) At 42 minutes and 8 seconds, it's now New Year's Eve, and Lane is standing in front of the mirror giving himself a pep talk, trying to get himself hyped up for the date with Joanne. One night with him, and she'll probably go blind with ecstasy. At 42 minutes and 32 seconds, Lane pulls up in front of Joanne Greenwald's house in his car. Well, the family car, with the dragging muffler. (laughs) He goes up on the porch and rings the doorbell. At 42 minutes and 50 seconds, Joanne fights her way past the insane family dog and comes out onto the porch with Lane. As the minute ends, Joanne makes it clear to Lane that she doesn't want to go out with him. Horrible things happen to women when they date good-looking men in this universe. Blind with ecstasy. Overwhelmed with sweat. There must be a hormone imbalance in this universe. (laughs) Or a pheromone imbalance. (laughs) There was a time in my life when I used to put on underarm deodorant exactly in this manner. Hold it way down out of camera and shoot it back up at the pits. With your face averted. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think that's one of the best surreal gags in the movie is the deodorant that goes off like a hydrant. Hydrant? I mean, a fire extinguisher. It almost blows his arm off. That was the thing in the trailer that made me want to see this movie. I know that's crazy and stupid, but it's like, oh yeah, that's funny. (laughs) That's going to be a funny flick. Is it weird Jason they display such confidence about dating women? Yeah, considering he just got, you know, dumped and crushed and everything. But, you know, it's... It's like he's bloodied but not unbowed. He's trying to commit suicide every other day. <laughs> True. <laughs> Twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still got his pride. His dating pride anyway. What's going through Mr. Meyer's head? Is he so confident because she's got a big antenna on her head? <laughs> and there's just no way that she would not be overwhelmed with passion for him? He thinks he's like out of her league maybe. He's way too cute for Joanne. That's what you're saying. Well, he thinks so. Oh, I'm not saying that you think he's too. Yeah. (laughs) But Joanne, possible lesbian? Look, pal, you don't want to go out with me any more than I want to go out with you. I don't know. I think maybe she just has astronomical standards, maybe. Maybe she's holding out for Stalin herself. Well, he is literally the only person who survived the K-12. Yeah. And that is a big deal in this universe. Yeah. That's, That's major cred right there. Okay, enough of this. The dog. The dog. The dog is just nuts. I love the dog. That's my favorite dog ever. Yeah, the dog that you never see, but his presence is so felt. Oh, I think we've seen him before. You've seen a little movie called Airplane. Oh, yes. Colonel What's-His-Face goes to the house and gets attacked by the dog. And I say attacked, but what I mean is raped. (laughs) It's a very amorous attack, yes. (laughs) Just going crazy, just 
constantly with the barking. It reminds me of the scene from, and I'm probably going to get this movie wrong, Beverly Hills Cop, where every time they ring the doorbell, the dog starts barking. Is that Beverly Hills Cop? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just say it is. <laughs> it's not the first thing that comes to mind when I think Beverly Hills Cop. When I think Beverly Hills Cop, I think banana in the tailpipe. It's been roughly a week and a half since Lane and Beth broke up at this point. In fact, no, it's only been six days. Six days, yeah. It's been six days since they broke up. He has attempted to date two other people. And attempted to commit suicide four times. It's a busy week. Also, typical teenager. If the 13 reasons is to be believed. Okay, we've now dated this minute. That ain't too bad. I mean, that's pretty healthy, yeah? You're getting back on the horse. Yeah. Trying to fall off the horse and get run over by it. (laughs) But you're getting up there. And he starts with the most unattainable girl besides Beth in the school. In fact, arguably, he starts his trying to go back out with someone with the most unattainable girl in the school. Chris Cremins. Yeah, we're talking top echelon there. It's really hard to be the entire basketball team if you're not the entire basketball team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's really hard for one man to accomplish that. But now, uh, Joanne Greenwald, uh, what do you think of her? Well, she knows what she doesn't want. Yeah. As to what she wants, we don't know. Is this headgear real life stuff that she's wearing? It looks pretty realistic to me. What, do you, what is headgear for? For braces. Okay, now... You'll have to pardon me because I've just got a mouthful of crooked teeth and don't care. Well, I care, but my parents didn't care, so I didn't go through braces. I think braces are pieces of steel that wrap around each tooth individually and force them to go into shapes that make them eventually straight. Yes? Yes. So what's the headgear do? Um, keeps them straight. Does the headgear put any pressure on the base? Or is the headgear part of the pressure portion of the braces? So people really wear this stuff. Yeah. As evidenced in uh, 16 Candles. (laughs) Yeah. With Sister Joan. Yep. I think this is fodder for after show discussion. Have you ever had to have braces? No. Your teeth are just naturally white and straight. They they are beautiful. They don't... You just have good genetics that way. No. They are... The only word for them is snaggly. They're very snaggly. Well, they're snaggly straight. They make it... they, They... Make a straight line as you smile. There's no... It doesn't look like there's a need for braces there. It's it's just dental anarchy in there, man. So she comes out. She's got the braces on. So she can't do the thing where she throws her hair back as she's escaping from the dog. And she's escaping from the dog. She just barely made it out. Like, you get the feeling the dog had a hold of the jacket seconds before she got out the door. And she just pulled the jacket behind her as the dog was... Trying to pull her back in to, I guess, eat her. Yeah, she was like seconds away from being thrashed. Very frustrating dog. But then at the same time, it totally sounds like just the machine going off. Because it just keeps going and going. Day-to-day life at the Greenwald house. If the dog gets the run of the whole house, is he just driven crazy by the sound of the bell? Or is he just a crazy dog all the time? Is part of her irritation with Lane because he came over and rang the doorbell and that always sets the dog off? Everybody hates that damn dog except for dad who had him in Vietnam or something. (laughs) Honduras, I guess it would be. Whatever war. Granada. (laughs) Maybe he was in uh, Charles's. (laughs) In Korea. Yeah. That would explain it. I always forget that dad's a vet. Do we know anything about the actress that plays? I think we looked her up once and we didn't find much. Oh, that's right. We did that, didn't we? She was the Silver Spoons chick. Yes. Uh, She was like on one episode of Silver Spoons. 
One episode of something else. 227. How did you remember that? <laughs> 227. That's that one with that sort of like hot, loud chick. Uh, Jack A. Yes. Jack A. Oh, my God. Okay. I want to go down this rabbit hole. Who's Jack A? What was she famous for besides being loud and kind of sexy on 227? That's, yeah. That That's was, her thing? That was her thing. So she wasn't famous before that for being Jack A? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. Um, was she on something else too? She didn't have a very long acting career. This, Jill, yeah. this, uh, what was her name? Rima. Actually, I'm just going to confirm this. Look it up quick. Oh yeah. Here we go. One for the road. I wonder if it was a very special episode of Silver Spoons, you know, where like she was a drunk. Doesn't Aaron actually. Gray. I totally forgot she was on that show too. Let's just spend the rest of the episode just looking at Aaron Gray's headshot. <laughs> She's a Capricorn. <laughs> Aaron Gray. What were we talking about? <laughs> We were talking about Jack A and uh, <laughs> Rima Delaney. In the 80s. Yes. During your preppy years. <laughs> Did you walk around with your cool 80s jacket and your pop collar? I had a, like a, the equivalent of a members only. I don't know what that means. You don't remember the members only jacket? Jacket? <laughs> the members only jacket. Was, it, was there a trench coat version? No. Then no, I don't remember the members only jacket. Oh yeah, you were always rocking the trench. I also embarrassingly had a Indiana Jones leather jacket. I actually recently acquired one. Really? Yeah. So the, the kind with that had the map in the lining. Mine had the map in the lining. <laughs> Just like Indiana Jones, so you wouldn't get lost, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that totally happened. Actually, Lane is wearing the jacket. I swear to God, I haven't double checked. But it looks just like the the jacket Rick Ocasek was wearing in that one Cars video where he's like, you might think I'm crazy. You know, and like the giant fly comes along and he has to swat it. And there's like a girl with like a crazy face who might be the first example of a fish face. Do you remember this video at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the tiny Rick Ocasek. The tiny Rick Ocasek, right. And he's trying to fly away Yeah, the, the with his fly body. Yeah, the, the incredibly, sh- <laughs> the incredible shrinking Ocasek. <laughs> I think he's got the same jacket. I think it's the same jacket. Could be. The Rick Ocasek video would have been in the early 80s or after after this? Before or after this? I want to say early 80s. Yeah, because 85 is when Guns N' Roses came out and killed all the pop basic. Turned everybody into cock rockers. Yeah, that was the uh, coming of the spandex. So this was the cool jacket to be wearing. And the pop collar was the cool thing to have. I haven't checked. Did anyone have the rolled up pants? The rolled up pant cuffs? No. Nobody in this movie had that? I don't think so. Hmm. When that happened exactly. Rolled up pant cuffs could have been the result of... The heavenly kid, maybe? (laughs) Yes! At second 19, he is talking directly to us. Ferris Bueller style. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's what that note meant. Yeah, breaking the fourth wall. In fact, this is what he says. Gee, I hope she doesn't grab onto my leg and start... He's not looking at us when he sniffs his armpits. Flub or on purpose? Is he talking to us or not? Can you imagine how this movie would have gone if he was talking to us throughout Ferris Bueller style? That's so close to being what that is. Did that play that Ferris Bueller basically stole from exist at this time? What was that thing called? Jewish Kid? Biloxi Blues. No. No. This was... Oh, oh God. Oh. Uh. Yeah, the Neil Simon play. Did that play exist when this came out? I know what you're talking about, but I can't place it. 
Brighton Beach Memoirs. Did Brighton Beach Memoirs exist when this happened? That's been a thing since like the 70s, right? I think so. That was the proto Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. And the proto Biloxi Blues. And actually, that was Neil Simon too, wasn't it? Yeah. He was basically just copying himself. <gasps> Neil Simon and uh, was Broderick. that was that just a sequel to Brighton Beach Memoirs? Same universe? Hmm, could be. Oh my god, it totally could have been. Well, anyway, breaking the fourth wall here. Pretty brave move for 1985. Or was it? What year was Ferris Bueller? Ferris Bueller was actually 86, I believe. Okay. So two years prior to Ferris Bueller, here John Cusack and Steve Holland are breaking uh, breaking ground. Not that there hasn't been any movie before that had broke the fourth wall. Like Alfie? Like Alfie, for instance. I have to admit, I only know the remake. In fact, until you said those words... It didn't occur to me that that was a remake until I gave it some thought. <laughs> this could have been a much different movie. This could have been really... See, now I'm curious to see how that would have worked out. If he would have been sort of narrating his life to us. Yeah, it could have made it a lot wackier. This is just making me want to see the gritty remake. A month ago, Diane Franklin, we've talked about this before, said she wanted to uh, have a, re- a reboot starring her daughter. Yes. I want to see that, but I want to see it be a dark remake. Yeah, like... Christopher Nolan dark. Oh, God, I don't want to do that. I want there to be some color in it. <laughs> better off dead, not better off without any hope at all. <laughs> you know what I love, folks? I love the sound of the dragging muffler. Every time he's in the family car, you got that. No, it, it's like. Tink, 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 I had that car. For real, that's what it really sounds like. I get the feeling Savage Steve, or at least the sound guy, experienced this in real life. Because it's 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 just enough to be off the ground, technically. Yeah, just so it's not sparking. It isn't just dragging on the ground, just... Bouncing. Just tink, 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 tink. Every single scene, even during the races. <laughs> if you listen really close. So Dad never fixes Lane's car. If, nope. if Lane had 13 Reasons Why, guess what series my wife just made me watch? If Lane had 13 Reasons Why, there would be a tape about Dad not fixing Lane's car, letting it just be a piece of crap. Well, this movie, uh, this minute, I think is, uh, the, the only thing I've got to, the last thing I've got to say about it is I'm just amazed at the, at the, at the storytelling that goes on in it. We go from the beginning of the minute to the end of the minute. We're told what's going to happen, and then it starts to happen, which sounds stupid and simplistic, but I just love that in the 60 seconds, we get this full range of, like, what happened. He he was informed that he was going to go out on a date with this girl. He was able to get ready. We see a little character development, him seeing the light. He's going to, you know, he's got a new lease on life. He's going to make this the best date she's ever been on, blah, 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 and then he gets there, and, and she... Oh, already starts rejecting him in this minute. All this happened in one minute. I know how it's going to end. I start watching it at the beginning. And I'm like, oh my God, that's right. This all happens here. And as we were reviewing the movie up until now to look for uh, callbacks and, and references, it's amazing how many, how much has happened so far in this movie. How much storytelling has gone on. If you look at something like a Marvel superhero movie, you could be two hours in and not get as much story as you've gotten right here so far in the first 40, what are we on? Three minutes? Yeah, 43 minutes. Isn't that just astounding? And we've already gotten enough things to forget about by this point. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe that's just the or maybe that's just the curse of doing it minute by minute. <laughs> One minute a day. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's been 40, 43 minutes since I saw the first minute. Yeah, back in the days of minute one. Exactly. I think it's time to scoot on out of here. What about you, Jason? You got anything going on tonight? Not really. You're not working? You're not doing anything? I'm podcasting. I'm doing the Lord's work. Not anymore. I'm calling it done right now. Before we go, uh, it's been over 10 minutes since I've said something like this. I just want to I just want to thank Alex and Pete again for like opening our eyes and giving us the template. No, not the template. The just making us aware that we could analyze a movie minute by minute. It was scary being kind of the second generation of this format because it's easy to see Star Wars being able to be analyzed. Yeah. God, there's like whole series of books written about every background character in every scene, including Ice Cream Guy. <laughs> And then you've got movies like Ghostbusters, you know, with lots of lots of crazy background stories and stuff. But tackling a movie like this, where there isn't a lot going on in the background. I mean, there's tons going on in the background, but I mean, there isn't, you know, a whole universe of material to draw from. And just discovering that, oh my God, you know, we could, we're basically going to be doing, what does it come to? All told with recording time, focusing on this one movie for 173 hours altogether. <laughs> <laughs> minute by minute it's just so cool that they started this and started this whole world of of movies by minute i think it really just is the ultimate of really just getting down and getting into movies for people that love movies the way that we've always wanted to but never were aware that we could yeah it's it's really been eye-opening for me i mean look actually paying attention to the background and well you didn't i mean yeah there's no Watching movies this way is something we did as kids growing up. I don't know if you did, but we always had bad movie night. and We'd pause it and laugh and talk about background stuff. But, it, you know, we never recorded that stuff. We always just thought of it as you would have the movie, movie running and do a, a running commentary as you go. Yeah. It's like... Uh, and so much is missed when you do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're making a joke and something else goes by. And... Right. Right. Well, anyway... I, I don't know how many times I said this, but thanks, guys. This has been a fun trip you've sent us down on. And watching the format explode has just been a pleasure. You can email us, Jason. Yes. If you wanted right now, you could get on your computer, which has the internet. And you could send an email, electronic mail to me right now at bodminute at gmail.com. You could send me a text. At 712-830-7373. Lots of people have since I started uh, broadcasting that number. Nobody about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Minute 44. Got any predictions? I'm predicting uh, romantic failure for Elaine. Good one. Hey, everybody. I'm Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good Good night. night.